0: You're listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. ...book of Revelation. It's the last book of the Bible, so go to the back and and you'll find Revelation there. We're going to be in that uh, text in just a few moments. And we've set aside, this is going to be a little different today... Uh, We've set aside this day for an extended period of reflection and prayer and worship, intentionally receiving communion. Abby Davis is going to be coming in just a little bit. But to help set the stage for that, I want to take you in this coming kingdom series. I want to take you to this book of Revelation that was actually written by one of the first century followers of Jesus who had heard Jesus teach that his kingdom had come, that his work had been accomplished at the cross and in the resurrection. And now he's been following Jesus for some three, four decades, five decades, perhaps since then. And as a follower of Jesus, what has happened to him is that he's had to learn the art of waiting because he'd heard Jesus say that he was going to bring his kingdom in a different way than he did when he first came in that first death and resurrection and he he along with a whole bunch of those first century followers were fully expecting the kingdom pretty quickly and here we find ourselves 2000 years later still waiting with great anticipation for this future coming kingdom and so John finds himself following Jesus for all of these decades having been left behind so to speak by all of his friends Most, if not all, of the apostles, the close followers of Jesus, had been executed by the time our text is written and by the time things really unfold for John like we're going to look at today. He's been persecuted. He's been arrested. He's been dragged in before the Jewish courts. He's been dragged in before the Roman courts. In fact, history tells us that the emperor Domitian had tried to execute John. He actually threw him into a Boiling cauldron of oil and tried to kill him. But he came out miraculously alive. And that kind of freaked the emperor out because that had never happened before. And so he says, Okay, well, I can't kill this guy, I guess, so I'm going to send him to this island. We know it today as Patmos. He's on this island and he's in exile and he's waiting for Jesus. He's waiting for this coming kingdom. He knows that he's living in the kingdom now and the tension of the now and the not yet. And we've been talking about that throughout this series. But in the moments that we're going to look at here today, John doesn't have to wait to see Jesus. John doesn't have to wait to fall before Jesus and bow before Jesus and worship Jesus. And John doesn't have to wait to live with Jesus because Jesus comes and appears to him. And what I want us to do, the big question I'm asking us this morning is what are you waiting for? In this season where we're waiting for COVID to be over, right? We're waiting to not have to wear masks. We're waiting to not have to socially distance. We're waiting for this election. Who's ready for this election to be over? Please, please, Lord. In fact, if you'd come back before Tuesday, that'd be awesome, Jesus. Wouldn't everybody be surprised? (laughs) We're waiting. Maybe you're waiting for the diagnosis. Maybe you're waiting for the the healing. Maybe you're waiting for the job. You're waiting for the transfer. You're waiting for the purchase of whatever. You're waiting for the relationship to be restored. Well, John's in this season of waiting and he can identify as we can with this idea of waiting. Waiting. But what I want to submit to you is that even though we're waiting for a whole bunch of things, we don't have to actually wait for some very specific things. So with that in mind, I'm going to invite you, if you would, to stand with me in honor of God's word. Revelation chapter one. I'm afraid you might fall asleep, so just keep standing out. Even though you got an extra hour of sleep last night, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Revelation chapter one. This is John speaking. His kingdom has come, and so he's inviting us to live actively in it. Listen to how John describes this interaction with Jesus. It says, when I turned to see, in fact, you want to notice that, when I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw someone who seemed to be the son of man. Now, there, that's code language that's just dripping with Old Testament Hebrew scriptures and the Gospels. When John refers to Jesus as the Son of Man, he's drawing all the way back to a vision that Daniel the prophet had had of Jesus as the Son of Man. And interestingly enough, when you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what you'll see over and over again is that the title, the reference, the identifying name that Jesus used more than anyone else, any other one, was the Son of Man. So John's giving us a nod. This is Jesus. He was wearing a robe that reached down to his feet, and a gold cloth was wrapped around his chest. His head and his hair were white as wool or snow, and his eyes looked like the flames of fire. His feet were glowing like bronze, being heated in a furnace, and his voice sounded like the roar of a waterfall. He held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp double-edged sword was coming from his mouth. He was shining as bright as the sun at noon. When I saw him, notice what he does. He says, I fell at his feet. He sees Jesus and he falls at his feet like a dead person. But he put his right hand on me and he said, help me out, don't, help me out, don't be afraid and I came here today to tell someone don't be afraid whatever it is that that speaks to you today don't be afraid the same Jesus who gave his life for you is the same Jesus who is in the presence of God Almighty in heaven himself there looking at John there on Patmos and looking into your eyes today and mine and saying don't be afraid it says, I am, and we'll come to that in just a moment. I am the first, the last, and the living one. Notice this, he's not dead, he's living. I died, but now I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys to death and the world of the dead. What are you waiting for? There are three things I'm gonna draw grab out of this in just a moment that John in this moment he didn't have to wait for and the truth is 2,000 years later you and I we don't have to wait for these things either so as you're having a seat look to the person on your left or right and ask them what are you waiting for have a seat three things real quickly as kingdom subjects we don't have to wait to look for the king. John, if you read those verses, John turned to look. He saw Jesus because he was looking for Jesus and he was listening. And he's still here with us today, all around us, inviting us to open our eyes and be prepared to see and be amazed at the work that he's doing. And though we can't always see what he's up to, and in a world like 2020, and in a year of such difficulty and hardship, you might be saying, where is God? Where is Jesus? He's there. He's doing his work all around us, if we will have eyes to see. Don't wait to look for the king. Notice what else it says here. It says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet. We don't have to wait to fall before the king. In fact, the apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi says that every knee, there'll come a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. We are to humble ourselves. We are to embrace this holy, pure, righteous, perfect God. He's a consuming fire. This is where we get this idea of reverence that we are to fall before him in worship and with awe and with devotion and adoration and gratitude and submission and repentance. We find forgiveness and we can celebrate as we fall before our king. We don't have to wait. There'll come a time when we will, but now is the time. Whether or not we want to or not, there'll come that time, but now we have the choice. We don't have to wait. John said, I'm in his presence. I'm fallen before the king. I'm humbling myself. I'm devoting myself. I'm submitting myself to the king. And then, last but not least, as kingdom subjects, we don't have to wait. We look for the king. We fall before the king and we live with the king. He says, Don't be afraid. And that happens over and over and over in scripture. No fear. Have no fear. I have have victory over death. Why could Jesus say that? Don't be afraid because he had conquered the thing, as Michael said last week, in our time together that we fear the most, and that is death. We settle the eternity issue and we get to live with the King. Notice what it says there again in the text. I am the first and the last and the living one. I am alive forevermore. We don't have to be fearful of death. We don't have to be fearful of all that's going on around us. And I love it when Jesus says, I am the first and the last. It's as if he's grabbing a hold to those I am moments because he's having this personal conversation. I love this with John. If you go back and you read John's gospel, his account of the life of Jesus, you'll see seven different statements that Jesus made about himself that John records. I am the bread of life, the light of the world, the door for the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. And now, Jesus says, I am the first and I am the last. Those seven statements, I can't imagine what John's experiencing there on this island in exile, and he's reminded Taken back over those three years, I kept hearing Jesus say, I am this, I am this, I am this, and now he's alive forevermore. He's the resurrection and he's the life. And this not only permeated the thinking of John, it permeated the writings and the thinking of the Apostle Paul. And when we think about the fact that we get to live now forevermore with Jesus, I wanted to encourage you with some words that speak of this future coming kingdom from Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica. And I want you to see this because we read these often at funerals, but we're not at a funeral here today. We're at a celebration of a life that had been resurrected. Jesus beats death. Listen to the encouragement From the Apostle Paul. He says this Dear brothers, I want you to know what happens to a Christian when he or she dies, so that when it happens, not if, but when it happens, you will not be full of sorrow as those who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and then came back to life again, we can also believe that when Jesus returns, not if, but when he returns, God will bring back with him all the Christians. Who have died? I can tell you this directly from the Lord, that we who are still living when the Lord returns will not rise to meet him ahead of those who are in their graves, all those that have gone before in Christ. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven and with a mighty shout and with the soul-stirring cry of the archangel and the great trumpet call of God and the believers who are dead will be the first to rise To meet the Lord, then we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with Him forever. So, Paul says, comfort and encourage each other with this news. So, I ask you again, what are you waiting for? Don't wait to look for the King, don't wait to fall before the King, to humble yourself before the King. Not just here in this room today, but in every moment of your everyday life. And don't wait to live in light of the kingdom now. Before we continue to worship and partake of the emblems of God's grace and His mercy, I want to pray over you the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed, or uh, I'm sorry, that the Apostle John prayed over these people who received this first document that we know as Revelation. In fact, I'm gonna invite you, if you would, if you're able and you feel comfortable, to kneel right there where you're at. Kneel right there. You can go ahead and get into that position and I wanna pray over you. Revelation chapter one and verse one, or verse four rather. John prays this, for them then and over us today, I pray that you will be Blessed with kindness and peace from God who was and is to come. May you receive kindness and peace from the seven spirits before the throne of God. May kindness and peace be yours from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Jesus was the first to conquer death and he's done it on behalf of you. So receive that. He is the ruler of all earthly kings. Let's keep that in mind as a church this week. He is the ruler of all earthly kings. Jesus loves us. And by his blood, he sets us free from our sins. He lets us rule as kings and serve his father as priests. To him be glory. May your lives reflect his glory and power forever and ever. Look, he's coming with the clouds. Everyone will see him, even the ones who stuck a sword through him. All people on earth. Everybody here in this room will weep because of him, both the good and the bad. Yes, it will happen. The Lord says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and is coming. I am God, all-powerful. And may you, as you kneel before your heavenly Father, know this kindness, know this peace, know this all-consuming God and the power of his resurrection. Let it be in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us stand together and hail King Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.